0: What's up everyone and welcome to the Long Game podcast hosted by Thomas Koppelman and Trey DeVore. In each episode, you'll hear us break down financial topics that are relevant to the lives of millennials and other young professionals. Our goal is to help bring credible financial information to you in short bite-sized episodes.
1: Thomas Kopelman and Trayton DeVore are the co-founders and financial planners at All Street Wealth. All opinions expressed by Thomas and Trayton are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of All Street Wealth. This podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered advice. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisors you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the ninth episode of The Crossroads, a weekly financial show for our generation. And for the listeners, welcome back to the Long Game Podcast. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about everything financial independence and retiring early, which is also known as FIRE. But before we get into it, Thomas, why don't you start us off a little bit and explain kind of what financial independence is, and we can kind of go from there.
0: Yeah. So I think for probably a lot of people, they've seen like the FIRE, F-I-R-E, or everybody calls it FIRE. And I think for the average person, they don't really understand what this means because as a normal young person, we think, if we even think about retirement, we think of retirement as a set age, like, okay, at 62 or at 65 or 67. And really what we're doing here is we're picking an age that's kind of based on social security and when we can start to claim social security is how this has really come about. But if you think about it, when social security was created, the average person was living like two years past that social security age. And so life has completely changed. The social security age has pushed back a little bit in the way of like, you get more benefit, the farther you push it out, 67's full age and you can stretch it out to 72 and get um, about 8% more a year. Um, but the FIRE movement is all about thinking of retirement is not as an age, but as basically like a math equation. So the idea is that... <clears throat> you can retire when you ever have X amount in your portfolio. So let's think of you know, somebody who makes, who, who lives off of $100,000 a year. Well, for you to retire, uh, you need to get to a point where you would have a large enough portfolio that you can draw out $100,000 a year and live on that. And so that's kind of the basic idea of what FIRE is, is just math equation, how much am I gonna get to in portfolio value, Uh, in order to be able to retire and step away from work.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, the easiest way to think about financial independence just in general is like having enough money saved or invested that um, you can kind of just live your life, cover expenses without needing to work again. And I like the idea of it, but it just doesn't necessarily even seem like something at least I personally would want to do. Like, I couldn't imagine retiring at 35 and not really having anything to do for the next 40, 50, 60 years. Um, So kind of like playing off fire. I like, at least for me, like I, I'm trying to like build a career and a lifestyle that I don't necessarily want to just retire from. Like, Mm -hmm. I think, and there's also different levels of fire. So there's, yeah. There's fat fire, which is someone probably over a hundred thousand. Like they need to have a lot saved and invested, but then there's also things like there's one discipline of it called barista fire. And that's kind of a less, you don't need as much money saved and invested. Like you maybe just work a side hustle that brings in a thousand dollars a month that can maybe just cover some of the big expenses. And you're technically retired, not in the traditional sense, but maybe you don't have to work that nine to five job anymore. You can mm-hmm. sell things on Etsy or just do whatever in your free time to earn a little bit of money to allow you to leave the employer. And I like I like approaching FIRE and just thinking about FIRE that way, like building some sort of income, some sort of career that you enjoy doing that may allow you to quit your full-time job or at least transition away from it.
0: Yeah, I think the big problem with this is like something that we preach is balance and like balancing planning for the future with planning for today. But what fire causes you to do, especially because most people that are planning on fire, are like I want to retire by 35, or I want to retire by 40. And so even if you start this at 22, that's 13 to 18 years to accumulate enough assets to live the, the rest of your life on. So what does that really mean? That means you're giving up pretty much doing everything that you want today. It means being in the cheapest apartment, like having a car that is going to barely be running. That means, you know, a lot of just giving up a lot of today, like the average number for what people target when saving for fire is somewhere between 50 to 75% of their annual income. Um, and to me, that just seems like, you know, I, I just know so many stories of people who got sick at a young age or people who never made it to retirement or, you know, all of these bad stories of like, hey, you know, you married my I lost my spouse at 35. And, you know, if that was you and you just spent 13 years doing nothing with your spouse, never going on a trip, never like celebrating each other's birthdays or holidays, all because you wanted to reach this fire um. I mean, lifestyle, then I feel, I just feel like you're giving up way too much. And I agree with you. I feel like the better route is like, find something that you like to do enough where the goal isn't to get out of it as fast as you possibly can. And I get, you know, the idea of like, you know, once you reach this, maybe you're going to travel and you're going to do all this other stuff that could be really fun. But, you know, you never know if you're going to get there. And if you start a business or have a flexible job, you might be able to do kind of all of those, all of those things in one. And I think the other problem with FIRE is that like, I don't know if everybody does their homework well enough. Like you could be, you know, I could go work at Eli Lilly and I could realize I spent $100,000 a year without valuing, you know, what their, you know, 401k matches, what they're paying for health insurance, what they're paying for eye insurance. Like, then I also have to figure out like, based on all of those numbers, maybe I need more than a 100000 But then when I'm drawing it out of a portfolio, it can't be a tax-deferred or tax-free portfolio. It has to be a taxable portfolio. So you are going to end up having to pay some in capital gains tax and other things to get you there. So the balance is higher. But I think one thing to note is that This is based on this 4% withdrawal rate idea. And so in finance, there's kind of been all these tests to say, you know, if I have a million dollars in my portfolio and it's invested correctly, I can draw out 4% of that every single year without really ever running out of money. And in in theory, this does make a lot of sense. Like you could draw out, you know, that's $40,000 a year from this portfolio, but based on the gains of the portfolio, you are going to probably... You know, outgrow what you're going to draw out. But the one thing it's missing is okay, what happens if this year I'm at a million, I pull out 40,000 and we go into a 30% correction? And so the next year my portfolio could be down in the 800,000s. I still have to draw out that 40,000 while we're still in a recession. And now my portfolio is maybe at 780 or 800. And maybe it bounces back a little bit, but not as much as you want to. And now your portfolio is sitting more at 800, 850. Well, now you can't safely draw out that 40,000 a year. So then some people say, okay, great. Let me take a step back further and try to build this portfolio higher to the point where I only need to withdraw maybe 3%. And again, you know, that, that's probably a safer, a better position to be in. But think about like how large of a portfolio you truly have to have to be able to draw out that 4% by your mid thirties. Like if I, if I live off of a hundred thousand dollars a year, I need a $4 million portfolio by that age, just to have the ability to pursue this FIRE movement.
1: Yeah. And that's insane. You made so many good points. I think the biggest one that doesn't get considered a lot, like in the FIRE conversations is all the benefits and everything that you're getting from your employer. If you're employed at the time, like, health insurance, if they're helping cover the cost, that could be several hundred, maybe even a thousand thousands of dollars every month that that's just going to throw off all the projections if that's not taken into account. And the other point that I was going to make that you said was um, if you if you're planning for fire, like you can't you can't put everything in retirement accounts because you're going to have to pay probably 10 percent penalty. You're going to pay capital gains or income taxes income on, tax, yeah. yeah on any of the money that you're withdrawing so it's like you're you're going to be losing money on that money that you already invested if you have to access it so if you if you are planning for fire there's a lot more things kind of that you have to plan for than just the surface level like okay i need to hit this number then everything's going to be good like
0: there's yeah. just
1: just a lot that goes into it and i think um like one of the problems with FIRE is like it almost forces people to spend too much time in the spreadsheets, like in the numbers, like worrying about their money when personally, like I don't think people should be spending that much time on their money. Like I I genuinely think you should spend the least amount of time possible on it, like maybe an hour to a month, like reviewing spending or credit card mm-hmm. statements. Maybe you look at your investment accounts and after you've done that, that should really be about it. Like once you've got your systems and everything set in place, money shouldn't be at the front of your mind all the time. And like what all your conversations and like your whole personality is based around when you're kind of in that fire movement.
0: Yeah. I, I think those are all like super good points. And I think that the one time where I think that fire can be realistic is for business owners that have an exit (laughs) strategy to sell. Like, I, I have some clients I work with. I also know a bunch of people. They started businesses at 23, 24. They're making you know 100 to $500,000 a month in revenue. Their goal 10 years from now is to sell for $10 million. Well, when you're able to do something like that and have such a high exit strategy you end up being able to kind of move to that fire movement. But for all of those people that I'm working with, their goal isn't to do nothing at that point. Their goal, like one of them is like, I would love to go coach high school basketball or something that I'm super passionate about. Somebody else like, you know, I'd kind of want to go start a different business helping with this or a nonprofit. And so like, I, 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 for me, I just don't resonate with the people that are like, let me get out of working as early as I possibly can, never have to do it again. And I'll spend as little as possible to achieve that. Because to me that like your purpose is to, to, to stop doing everything. And so then you can kind of just like chill at home. And I get maybe the want to like, you know, if I could do that by 35, have kids and be around them my whole life. But then you kind of lack the ability to pursue different things because you only have a set withdrawal rate. And so again, one thing that this isn't considering is like, what about inflation? If we have years like this where inflation is 5% and then now, you know, that 100,000, you need 105, that changes things. And then again, when people do these calculations, the sequence of returns is never built in. It's always market average is 9%. I'm going to put in this portfolio, I'm going to have 9% every year. But if you get into the numbers of investments, 9% might be the average, but it is very rarely around 9%. It's either way above 9% or it's a negative year or it's 2%. And so if you start fire movement or you're halfway there or you are in it and all of a sudden you have a minus 10, a minus 18, that can totally throw you off. But then if you have a plus 20 and plus 20 your first two years, it strongly puts you in a completely different world where now it's super realistic. So you're still trying to time the market and try to figure out, you know, all of this. But I think for the average person, they, I don't think they fully take into consideration all the deviations from the plan that can happen and how that drastically can change what their future looks like.
1: Yeah. And an interesting takeaway from that, that you mentioned was. It, it like really limits your options in the future. Like you're, if you don't like budgeting now, you are going to hate fire because basically the whole thing is you're living the rest of your life on a very, very strict budget because it's, you only have a certain amount of money that you can withdraw every year, or you're going to run out of it. So again, like you with fire, unless you have just an unlimited amount of money and you truly can just retire and do whatever you want. Like it might not be the lifestyle that it's cracked up to be. And I think with like how many companies and just how many jobs are going remote and everything you might be able to experience kind of like the feeling of fire, like being able to travel a little bit more, maybe staying home or spending more time with your family, with your kids without really ever even having to retire. Like employers are putting not all of them. Some, some employers are putting more emphasis on kind of like employee wellness and just their health and everything. So maybe, maybe over the next few years, like a lot of companies start offering more PTO, or maybe it's even mandatory, like use it or lose it PTO Mm -hmm. to encourage people to spend time that they want to outside of work, like get paid, like get paid to not be here. And I think Almost that route, like finding a job that you enjoy is one of the most important things you're gonna do throughout your life. And doing that will also kind of let you feel that feeling of freedom without dreading going to work every day. Because yeah. I don't know how many people like truly want to retire at age 30, 35 or they just don't want to work at their traditional job that they don't like at 30. I think that's a difference that people really need to contextualize and understand before trying to pursue this thing that they might not really even want to pursue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you made some really good points there. So I think like kind of uh, to summarize what you're saying, kind of what I'm saying is that it doesn't really seem like fire makes sense for most people. I think there's a very small segment of people that it it might make sense to and adhere to. But for the average person, I think what you have to give up to get this and then be like, now what do I do? Because think about the average person who has retired, like they have to reshape their whole life at 65. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, maybe you could think it's easier at 35, but none of your friends are retired. Like at least when you're 65, a lot of your friends are retired. You can kind of find those people to hang out with. But the route that I don't even know if this considered fire, but the route that I like that's similar to fire is work your corporate job, understand maybe you hate it, like not everybody does, but if you if you hate it and you want to retire early, you know, maybe the route is I know a guy, he was on my podcast in the first season is Andy, so he works his corporate job, but then he also has this side business that his goal is keep working the side business until it can turn out to be able to cover everything his real job does, income, retirement, healthcare where it can just cover all of those things and then he can shift on over to pursue this thing that he has full control over. If he wants to make less money and travel, he can, if he wants to scale, he can. And So now you start to have the ability of like, you know, retire from the job you hate transfer over to something that you love, where it doesn't feel like work every day. And again, that also isn't the best route for everybody. Not everybody's meant to be a business owner, but you're right. There is a shift in the world of like, you know, maybe if what you're maybe truly why you're unhappy is because you're looking for more freedom. Well, You know, we're at the place where right now there is more jobs than there's pretty much ever been available. And we're in a world now where everybody now is pushing to work at home. And now we have mental health days. And, you know, why not try to pursue and find a job that kind of marks all those boxes for you? I think it's a great opportunity to step back and say, what are my must haves at a job that will keep me happy? You know, like some people, it might be freedom and be able to travel and work from home. And they would pick those over increasing their salary. And then other people say, I'd much rather pay more. if and that, that means I have to go in and have less days off. I'll pick that. Well, you just need to actually go through that exercise and figure out what you really want. Because at the end of the day, I don't think it's a very enjoyable life to dread every single day you have and think, I just want to get out as fast as I can to do nothing.
1: Yeah. And I think going back to the first thing you were talking about, like there's some people that it does make sense for. And I think right now, kind of like the tech industry as a whole, a lot of people are making a lot of money and- that can be really hard, like grueling work on the mind from that side. And it's like, true. Yeah, if you can earn several hundred thousand quick, maybe get equity comp and leave the company after a few years, five, 10 years and have a significant amount of money saved, you, you have a better chance of actually accomplishing fire without sacrificing so much along the way. Because maybe if you're living on, 60 70 80,000 but you're making 200 you can save a lot of money every year and i think the thing that people also don't necessarily always consider with fire is that income is like the biggest piece of the equation like if you don't have the income to save enough money you're, you're going to have a tough time reaching fire in your thirties because it's just going to require a significant amount of money to make that possible. And like you were saying at the end, I think it, you truly have to go through what, what makes you happy. Like why, why do you maybe want to retire early or what can you do in your life that allows you to keep earning money without hating your life? Like if, if that's the situation you're in and I think I just to kind of wrap it up. Like I think I think fire can be great for the right people, but I think for someone who maybe is kind of pushing themselves to reach that, you would have a lot better opportunities and a lot more chance at happiness if you just kind of own your situation and figure out how to make the best of it without without necessarily diving into the spreadsheets, figuring out all these exact numbers to hopefully hit one day. And when you hit that day, it might situation might change. And you've just sacrificed like the past 10 years, saving all this money, not enjoying yourself to only find out you didn't really want to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I just like, yeah, I think it can be right for certain people. For me, it's not at all right. Like I think I think if I was somebody that disliked my job, my route would be, you know, similar to fire in the way that I'd pursue building up a decent amount of assets. So that way, like I could live the lifestyle I desired, but then figure out what I want to do. If maybe that means I'm going to go work at a nonprofit or I'm going to go, you know, be a high school administrator or a coach or just something that I'd be passionate about. Like I could go take that job and then use that portfolio to supplement the shortfall and the income I have. And so At worst, I would try to find the combo of the two where I at least have a little bit of passion. And I know that passion is kind of a buzzword today of like, you know, find your passion. Not everybody can find their passion, but at least find something where like every single day you don't regret or like hate getting up and then ready for the weekend. Because there are a lot of jobs out there. A lot of them are very specialized. You're probably somewhere that you can find that is a cause you care about, something you're interested, something you believe in, something that you're somewhat good at and, you know, kind of find where all of those mix in because, you know, it truly will make your life better than I'm going to stay at home every day because there's only so much you can do with your free time. I mean, the average person can't spend, you know, seven days a week at home with nothing to do. There's only so many errands to run so much cleaning to do. Like all of a sudden you're at target every day and now you're overspending that 80,000 you're allowed to, (laughs) because you just have too much free time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, I mean, and we didn't really have a reader question because the reader question was, you know, do you, do you guys like fire? Do you believe in it? And, you know, I think the, the summary of this is not really for us and not really something I would push anybody to do, but if a client came in and wanted to pursue it, I'd help them look at the numbers, but I would still explain all these trade-offs and the beliefs that I have. But again, my job as a financial advisor isn't to shove any beliefs down anybody's throat. It's just to help explain why I, the facts behind this, the risk, the trade-offs, the good, the bad, and then let them pursue the route they want to take. But I haven't met a single person or have a single client that that's their goal at all. So maybe that's the, I'm um, the anomaly, but I don't think so. I think this is, this was, this seemed to be really cool a few years ago, maybe like five, 10 years ago. And I feel like it's really started to die off since then.
1: Yeah. I was like, maybe this is just an internet thing and no one actually does this. Cause I've, I've never met anyone that's T- taking like the true fire route, like I don't know any early I'm, 30s or late 20s that are just traveling the world and yeah, don't have a care in the world. Like
0: I'm sure there's I like a Twitter fire, like that, like yeah. everybody believes that everybody's pursuing fire. It's kind of like to me, like I think everybody's investing in crypto because like I see so much about it on Twitter. But like you know, social media isn't really real life, and there's probably less people involved in the things that you're interested in than you think because you're surrounded by the people that are interested in those things.
1: Yeah. And you never know what's actually going on behind the scenes either. Like there could be an account tweeting about all this fire stuff or all this crypto stuff. They might not even be retired. Like they might just be talking theory and like just tweeting things like kind of buzzword type things to get a lot of engagement to sell some courses. Like, that you, you just never know. And that's why it's always important to take your own situation into account and do research and figure out what makes the most sense for you before deciding you're going to forgo your next 10 years to save up mm-hmm. enough money to maybe be able to not work again. Very true.
0: All right. Well, I mean, that's all that we really wanted to cover today. Thanks again for everybody listening, like rate, subscribe, you know, do all the things that you'd want somebody to do for you. If you, if they were listening to your podcast and YouTube channel, but thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys back next week.